That night, me and Leo was in the cell talking and shit. You know what I'm saying? It was pouring down light, thundering and raining. Remember it like it was yesterday. It's the first time I met the plug. You know what I'm saying? The best time of my life. When I know that all the work I put in finally paid off. I was getting ready to take another step in this game. You know what I'm saying? I was ready to come the fuck up. I was ready to get into that billionaire boys club. That shit these rappers be talking about today. You know what I'm saying? All that shit these niggas talking about, man, we live that shit. 70s, 80s, all the way on to the 90s, to the early 2000s. Getting that paper. You know what I'm saying? Boy, I'll tell you, have times have changed. You know what I'm saying? So, I was trying to get the line on that grade A coke from Leo. He told me he had a brother out there doing his thing. But, his brother was on a whole nother level. His brother, Paulie Costello, invested in stocks during the day and sold cocaine during the night. Kilos of cocaine. Talking about 50, 60 keys at a time. You know what I'm saying? That no turning back shit. That's the level I want to be the fuck on. You know what I'm saying? So he said, uh, Paulie had that for me. So I asked him, if he can introduce me to Paulie, he told me yes. Leo gave me Paulie's info with the code word so he could know that it was me and that it came straight from Leo. Now Paulie was on an international level. With ties to cartel in Mexico and about 15% of most of the fear of crime families up and down the eastern seaboard. This was the plug guys like me were always looking for. A steady pipeline to the best quality of cocaine and marijuana we have ever had or have ever seen. You know what I'm saying? So I got that shit, I got that info straight to Tammy right away. Sammy got in touch with Paulie. Tammy got in touch with Paulie, I'm sorry. Moving too fast. Leo's brother. Tammy called him. They set up a place to meet. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they got down to business. You know what I mean? And uh, it was smooth selling, baby. You know what I mean? It was a small cafe in Brooklyn on the waterfront. Paulie told Tammy that he'd give it, give it, he'd give it to us for 15 a joint. With those numbers, we can completely wipe out the competition and corner the market completely. Once everything was in place, I had the, four, I had, I had the whole five barrels in my sight. And Lord knows, Lord knows, I had the, I had the people... And had the firepower to enforce my will. Yes, this is very true. I was in prison during 10 years. 
But I still had my hand in the streets Like I was there in a physical form With my influence from a phone in a fucking jail cell I was able to make it where Tammy didn't have to do nothing But watch the money come in That's it Just sit and wait All Tammy do is Sit in the house And wait for our crew And my guys to drop off money That's it man That's it Once the drop offs are done For the day Tammy will go around to some of our spots in the city Stash her money And some safes that no one knew about with me and her And my father, Rick Senior During my prison stint Now mind you now I'm doing 10 years During my prison, during my prison stint Tammy and my father started working closely together Tammy took care of the business And my father handled the dirty work Rick Senior my father His partner Derek Parsons Became Tammy's personal bodyguards when it was time to handle deals, my father and his team of crooked cops accompanied my motherfucking lady. You know what I'm saying? He was a stand-up guy. That's why I loved him so fucking much. You know what I'm saying? This made it hard, next to impossible, to ever rob or lay a hand on Tammy ever again. You know what I'm saying? Because I love Tammy. And I needed her out there. Plus I had plans on marrying her and giving her children one day. Tammy ran she ran a lot of spots around the city. We had Judd's old spots in DC. My father Rick Sr. kept 24, 24 hour surveillance on all of our spots in and out the city. You know what I'm saying? It was unbelievable. It's an unbelievable time. In my life. In her life, in my father's life, even in my mother in a lot of ways, even though we didn't deal. But she, re, she, 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 trust me, she got money too. She think I don't know, but she got it too. Even though it's much, she act like she hated it so fucking much. But, you know, the game is the game and you reap what you sow. At the end of the day, at the end of the night. We were making so much money. We ran out of places to put it. So I had Rick Sear go into New Jersey and bob every piece of land he could. Once he had the land that we purchased, I told my father to build a farm on each piece of land that we own. Ha <laughs> ha! You know what I'm saying? That's why I burnt my motherfucking money. Tammy and Rick Sear ran an operation as a whole. Like a Fortune 500 company or corporation. 
After all the money I made and all the trouble I've been in, Tammy still continued to stick by my side no matter what the consequences were. Tammy visited me seven days a week. Every time she walked through those doors, I lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. We've been through the good, the bad, the ugly, the nasty, the bloody, the mud. Any other woman would have left the first sight of some drama. Not Tammy. She loved this life. The money, the cars, the clothes, the guns. Over time, over time, we put in. You know what I'm saying? Tammy was becoming a wolf in sheep's clothing. And she started liking the killings and the blood. She liked killing only if she absolutely had no other option, no other reason. That's when she broke all the rules that the streets had set up for us all. Given the circumstances, Tammy could be very dangerous. All Tammy wanted to do is help people. Tammy was a princess from another time, lost in ancient history. She kept her hair and nails done. Her stylist was Gucci and Chanel. Tammy closet was bigger than some of these females' apartments. She never wore the same outfit, bag, or shoes twice. You know? Tammy normally gave all my little cousins everything she didn't wear again. You know what I'm saying? She, she, she considered my little cousins to be like little sisters she never had. Over the years, Tammy bought five houses. All paid for. All paid for, you know what I'm saying? And she had her own real estate agency she was working on. She was doing her fucking thing. Tammy bought Frida a $400,000 mansion in New Jersey. She also started an all-girl shelter for at-risk teens. Girls. Like she was growing up. Tammy even went around our neighborhood and other neighborhoods every summer. Taking all her kids and their parents to different amusement parks. She even talked me into starting a boy and girl club. And a basketball team for these kids. All the kids in the inner city. All Tamara ever wanted to do is give back and help people. Reminiscing. I remember it like it was yesterday. When we used to ride around. Tar spots dropping our money off and shit, you know? And, uh... She used to keep her legs open, you know, in skirts when she drove. That shit turned me on so much watching this beautiful woman, you know, these beautiful legs shake every time she rode over a bump. Plus, she drove barefooted. That kept me hard every time. That's why I love Tammy. 
That's why I liked her to drive me around. I had a lot of Harry, but I had, I had a lot of people to do that for me. But Tammy was the one. Tammy was the one I trusted. Tammy was my sweetheart. Tammy was my love. Tammy was my baby. During my stay here, I used to watch a lot of old gangster movies. Like Bonnie and Clyde. That was the best of all. And a close resemblance of me and Tammy's relationship. Just like Bonnie. Tammy won several academy honors in high school. She also loved to write stories. Speak publicly. Just like Bonnie E. Parker did. But. Tammy's childhood was nothing like Bonnie's. That was the difference between the two women. Tammy was abused. Bonnie was loved. That was the difference. Tammy was also was a big fan of Al Capone, a.k.a. Scarface. And how he rose to power and made something out of nothing. Even though he was a man, his life reminded her of hers in a lot of ways. And I felt that shit. I felt it. I felt it. Because we grew up with each other and I watched her. From a girl to a teenager to a woman. This would be our destiny. She loved his arrogance, the way he dressed. You know? Tammy. I love you, baby. I love you. I love you, Tammy. Tammy went as far as to use quotes every once in a while that Scarface used like, I am just a businesswoman, giving the people what they want. And all I do is satisfy public demand, is what she used to say. Tammy and I loved being public enemies. Like Al Capone. John Dillinger, Bonnie and Clyde. All those gangsters from the 18s and the 1900s. I always said, and it sounds stupid now, I said, that my cell would like Al Capone's in Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia one day when I was doing life. For what I did Wow 
my thinking back then. Man, Tammy used to lay up all night and watch gangster movies and smoke weed under our favorite blanket. I guess we just got caught up imitating the way these people in our everyday lives. Imitating, imitating these people, the way they live in our everyday lives. Tammy and I came from two different walks of life on a collision course with each other's since the day we were born we just didn't know at the time destiny destiny over the years Timmy bought a lot of real estate and her and my father, Rick Senior's name. You know what I mean? We have four apartment buildings, all run by the state. We own three car lots, along with four laundry mats spread out around the city. Not even counting the real estate we had out in New Jersey and Washington, D.C. It started becoming too much for Tammy, so I, so, and, uh, you know, her and Rick Senior split the real estate. Rick Senior took the New York shit. Tammy took the New Jersey shit. And Washington, D.C. too. She took Washington, D.C. None that I remember. I'm sitting here talking about it. And that took Tammy out of, out of, out of harm's way by moving her out of, out of New York. Tammy and Paulie Costello, Leo's brother, ended up being neighbors. What a weird coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Started, you know, they became neighbors. Paulie stood, started, and you know, investing more time into his lawyer profession. You know, and out of town clientele. He gave Tammy a list of names and numbers of all his clientele on Wall Street. Now, uh, on that list. He gave Tammy, it was over 200 people. All the names on that list consisted of doctors, lawyers, athletes, and some key judges. All the people got high. 
And they were all permanent people, prominent people of the community too. So not only did we have them locked in as far as the drugs, but I had them locked in as far as connections, political connections. Something that I dearly needed in my profession. Selling cocaine at the top of my motherfucking lane. Using my motherfucking brain. You know how it go. You know how it go. You know what I'm saying? And uh <laughs> smooth selling from there, baby. And uh, you know, we all we try to do is just make a way for our guys to eat. You know, and that's what we was doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It worked out For the most part You know what I'm saying It worked out Everybody you know got some money The crew was eight You know what I mean Full plate Might I add You know what I'm saying Yeah. That's how I went down. And uh Yeah. Now, uh everyone on that list was spending no more than $5,000 a piece. Temmie was in a high level in the game, but she still helped, you know, bag up and deliver herself sometimes when she felt the need and she felt like it, when she wasn't tired. <clears throat> she had a little free time, but that's by choice. So when she did have free time, she spent most of her time shopping for more real estate for us and our future together. She also traveled to different cities you know, around the U.S. With the intention of knowing that we might have to run one day. Only because of the way we were living our lives at that time. Tammy invested into stocks from McDonald's and other fast food restaurants. You know what I mean? We had the streets. Now we're going corporate. For you fuck niggas. Not I ad. You know what I'm saying? Check this out. Tammy was out there, you know what I mean, making my, making my wildest dreams come true. Because we were coming legit And that's all I ever wanted That's all You know what I mean We had to turn that dirty money Into some clean money And there was a ways to do it And we had to do that shit correctly Because I wasn't having nothing taken from me Nothing I wouldn't give a fuck if I was doing life Under the jail You know what I'm saying? That's the way it went down. You know what I mean? It's like that, baby.
I'm gonna introduce you to a dream I had. Sleep. I was tired. Had a little dream, nice dream too. Let me get back into this shit for y'all though. Now, you know what I'm saying? We ain't have to worry about the FBI. You know what I'm saying? We made large deposits into the bank because we were legit. You know what I'm saying? And whatever was dirty turned over, you know I mean, turned over into all. So my business, so it became clean. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you know, shit was shit, shit started working. You know what I mean? Everything that she was out there doing started taking full effect. I had doubts at first. You know what I'm saying? Because I think we was moving too fast into it. But uh, she made that shit work. You know what I mean? But Tammy, you know what I mean? To make that happen, she learned how she had to learn how to launch her money. Three Pacific orders I gave Tammy. 
You know what I mean? I gave Tammy three specific orders to do three things. You know what I mean? And that was buy a storage company so we could stash some things, you know what I mean, there if needed. Number two, get some passports made for us and pour $4 million into a business account. Number three, the money that we made from our, our investments into the McDonald's franchise, continue to invest in other businesses, specifically two gas stations. The gas station idea came from me watching how George Bush Sr. and Saddam Hussein were going to war for it. Tammy was a long way from her New York days. She had purchased a mansion in New Jersey right next door to her mother, Frida, in New Jersey. And uh <laughs> for just under a million dollars. We had houses in Florida, California, and Seattle. We even we, we even got a cabin built in the middle of nowhere in, in, in the Canadian forest. Even though we were millionaires, Tammy still went to school for a real estate company. You know what I mean? She graduated. And started her own real estate portfolio Opened up her business Tammy started selling property To celebrities like Mike Tyson And Whoopi Goldberg Damn Damn I never would have even knew Or even thought That she would do some shit like that You know what I'm saying That's all I can say And I didn't even find this out Until Two, three years after she even didn't done it. For some reason, for some weird reason, she didn't want me to know it. I don't know why. Because that was a great accomplishment. Set aside from the accomplishments that we've been making on the streets. With the blood that we were spilling. May God have mercy on all of our souls for that. Tammy went from killing and drug dealing to graduating real estate school and selling homes to some of the hottest artists in the entertainment industry. The game was funny like that. Wrong decisions can lead you in the right places sometimes. And that's funny. Once she accomplished all her legal goals, she was thinking hard about leaving the drug game for good. I commended her for that. Tammy and Rick Seymour came to visit me and was filling me in on the day-to-day stuff about our business and uh, about our business and our dealings in the street. Rick Senior got up to get us something to eat out of the vending machines. Then Tammy began to tell me how she was getting tired of dealing. And wanted to go straight all the way. I wasn't even mad. 
Because that's what I wanted For her anyway I was even thinking about making The transition with her You know We were made What we made on the street It was time To try something else but I had a, I had a few I had, I had a few deals and a couple of scores I had to settle before I could even think about leaving. I don't want to leave yet. I don't want to leave yet. I don't want to leave yet. You know. That's when the music stops. But it keeps going. You know? The drug game was fun to me. And Tammy knew that. I was I wasn't going to leave right away. I could be okay with retiring one day Then totally against it the next day You know what I'm saying I was, a, I was truly a Gemini I had different personalities Along with that Came with different thoughts Tammy knew I wasn't, I wasn't ready to leave the game yet But what she didn't know was I was already planning And giving it some thought Tammy was set to do one more deal for me down in Florida with these Haitians. They had a shipment of AR-15s that they stole from the Colombians that I needed. At the last minute, I, I, decided, to, I, I, decided, I decided to send my father, Rick Sr., and a squad of his crooked police officers to the deal. That was a very dangerous deal along with some very dangerous contenders You know And sending Tammy To this to, to this exchange Just didn't sit right with me At this point in time You know what I'm saying And uh She went out, I made her wishes come true, and she was able to accomplish other things. Rick and his dinner thieves set off for Florida, 1230 at night the next day. It was on their fucking way, and it was going the fuck down with these Haitians. Yeah, I wanted them. And I was taking them Because I wasn't paying for shit I had a band of crooked federal agents Under my lock and thumb That's all they was Was just a fucking phone call away And the top lieutenant and general in charge Was my father Rick Sr You know how I felt right Matter of fact my dick's starting to get hard right now I'm getting erection talking about this shit 
<laughs> How you feel about that? Mask on the pier. The exchange was due to take place on the pier at 3 in the morning. That was the best time to do business. Always in the wee hours of the morning. Or the night. Whatever you want to fuck you want to call it. I don't know. You know. So if anything, you know, ever went wrong, we could just disappear into the night. With me being away, I still kept everything the same, except the meeting spots. Rick Sr. and his team of wolves were there two hours before the deal was supposed to happen. This way, my father could surveil the area, learn all the, ex- learn, learn all the entrances and exits, and exits for safety measures. The crooked police officers that came with my father were dressed in black and armed with ta- tactical assault rifles. You know, that's how we move, man. Huh. Black ops on your ass, baby. That's how I did shit. You know? Rick knew how dangerous the Haitians were and he wasn't taking any chances with his life or the life of his comrades. The plan was to kill the Haitians and take the AR-15s from them. And that's exactly what Rick was there to do. While all this was taking place with Rick Sr. and the Haitians in Florida, I was laid up. Back in my one-man cell, talking to Tammy, on my cell phone. <laughs> I had it made, baby. Through the microphone, baby. Through the microphone. Tammy was out in our cabin in the Canada. You know what I'm saying? A place I never even been in. Don't even know what it smelled like. What a shame. It hurts. I miss my life. While on the phone with me, Triple A. she soaked in a hot tub. She just got put in, touching herself to the sound of my voice. 
Wishing I was there with her. Not to mention the fireplace burning in the background. Our cabin looked like Santa's playhouse, minus the reindeers. Meanwhile, at the pier in Florida, it was about 2.45 in the morning when the Haitians started pulling in. Rick Radio to Derek Parsons, his partner in crime, to get ready. All you heard over the rain were guns cocking. Guns cocking. Guns cocking. Guns cocking. The Haitians got out of their vehicles looking around for wherever they were supposed to meet. It's going down. It's going down. It's going down. Rick went down to greet the mediator. He went down to meet the men. While he was walking, he told the sniper through a microphone not to fire until the guns were visible to him. Once they were, he gave the go. The Scott squad. The squad, they blitzed. My father and the Haitians, the Haitians didn't even have time to touch their guns, man. They rounded up the Haitians like cattle, sheep, using zip ties to restrain them. This is the beginning of Rick Senior's time. Rick Senior and Derek Parsons told the Haitians to face the wall and get on their knees. Once the command was fulfilled, they riddled the Haitians with hundreds of bullets and dumped their bodies into the ocean. The shooting was compared to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but it was a professional job. 
No, with no suspects in sight. My father had 99% turnout rate when it came to his job as a police officer in the Fed and as head of my operation. Him being prime enforcer of my death squad. As soon as my father recovered the guns, that's when I got the call from home while talking to Tammy. I clicked over to my father's voice saying, it's done. Good, I replied. Then I clicked back over and proceeded to finish my conversation with Tammy. Right then and there, I made Rick Sr. the president of all my drug spots all over the city and out. That was his time. Enter Rick Singer. Tammy was free to enjoy her money and see the world if she chose to. Rick also took over New Jersey and DC for me as well until I was due to be released. You know what I'm saying? With Rick in my corner, I'm taking shit to the next level. At the same time, begging for God's forgiveness, too. And I wasn't even home yet. So just imagine what's going to happen once I'm out of here. At the end of the day, Tammy got her wish, and I'm getting mines. That's to make a billion dollars. You know what they say. Business as usual in the streets, baby. During the times I was out, I used to I used to feed and clothe the homeless on a daily basis. That was something I did just to keep my soul right with Allah. And for him to bestow his blessings upon me and everyone I loved. Even at the height of my success in life, I knew that none of it would be possible without God. Good or bad. All through life, I was raised to give the less fortunate and to fear God. Not to fear death. Not to fear death.
Tammy was also a firm believer in God also. We used to pray together all the time. From time to time. From time. We awoke. Into the time we went to bed. We were seeking God's forgiveness. 